0: You're listening to Critical Plug, a podcast where I talk about the current trends, fashion, fads, and the new era. My name is Aryan Chaudhary, and I am a teenager who ventures into the depths of the new generation. I discuss interesting topics that not many people know much about, so that you can learn new things. I periodically sit down with figures who embody Generation Z to give a wholesome and futuristic vibe to tell you what you can expect from and in the new generation. For this episode, I'll be talking about streetwear. I have talked about the most bizarre stuff to people, like how they pronounce the word baby, if they have ever eaten alligator before, and even record players. But out of all of that, I never thought I would be in a podcast talking about streetwear. I'm not saying I don't enjoy talking about it, but I, I would have thought that streetwear would have made a bigger impact on society. Uh, a Like, in a sense that people would know more about it rather than um, the economic side. Now, out of many, many, many subjects, I feel as though I am kind of qualified to talk about this subject. But I also feel like I'm not really as qualified as others because I'm not qualified as qualified as others because other people live and breathe streetwear unlike me where I don't necessarily I do follow up sometimes with what's going on in streetwear and I I would say I know a general basis but people who often follow it intensely and often sweat when looking at Instagram photos about Supreme or Off-White or any streetwear brand yeah I'm not I'm not like that I know this topic has been sort of been beaten to death but I just want to give my insight on what the younger generation thinks of streetwear. And before I get into all of that, I would like to introduce myself in a brief sort of explanation. So, what's up? I'm Aryan. I'm 16 years old and a junior in high school. I like to talk about a lot of things. I'm very communicative with people and like to be goofy at times. And I hate to admit it, but I am very clumsy. Keyword sometimes. I am very clumsy, sometimes. I also love sharing my interest with people. I like to incorporate humor into my work so that it can be light and refreshing and not a burden. I love to help people on any way I can. I can and believe that doing a daily good deed of the day is really what just makes you really feel good, especially to me. It sounds cringe to certain people, especially people my age, but it's just something that I invest myself in, so... Whatever age group you are part of, maybe you'll find something interesting from this podcast as a whole and maybe from this episode as a whole. So to start off, the fashion industry can be a wasteful and very damaging kind of place. Uh, What I'm going to start off with is um, there's a woman named Danielle Nagel who is the owner of a t-shirt designer brand called Daisy and she uses a kind of strategy with her slow fashion type of business. She uses a strategy where she prints a bunch of bases of t-shirts. For example, she'll print 10 red, white, or yellow, or you name it, whatever color kind of base of t-shirt. And whenever someone places an order, whatever that base of t-shirt and whatever print is ordered on there, they basically print the print on the base of the t-shirt So that thousands of shirts aren't wasted on uh, kind of like fast fashion. This is in the slow fashion business as we're talking about. And oftentimes, warehouses of companies make thousands of pieces of clothing and only a percentage of it is actually bought, leaving the rest to be completely wasted. And that's kind of the whole concept around fast fashion, like Forever 21, H&M, etc. So... I just thought that this would relate to streetwear because oftentimes popular streetwear brands don't have to do this because of the hype built around their products. Their products are guaranteed to sell out once they come out, leading to their company prospering heavily, you know. In my perspective, there really isn't any quote-unquote meaning behind streetwear. It's just all about whatever looks good and looking different which I guess you could call a meaning, but not really. Uh, Another example I would like to use is where actually Danielle Nagel was actually talking about all of this and what the strategy she actually uses in her slow fashion business is in Matt Diavella's episode of the Ground Up podcast. Um, It was, she was the guest on it and he talks about how the slow fashion movement deserves to be overtaken by the fast fashion industry. Right now, because of the high quality and hidden hidden meaning around it, you know, slow fashion kind of provides an actual meaning rather than fast fashion, which is primarily around just whatever looks good, Well, slow fashion is a combination of them both. Now, streetwear can often be classified as fast fashion and slow fashion because although new lines are constantly coming out like the spring, fall, summer lines, everybody wants the new new. It's made with very high quality streetwear, speaking, and in some lead designers' eyes, it actually does have a meaning. And I'm not exactly sure, but it's not exactly sure that these streetwear companies follow sustainable production practices. Now, what I'm going to talk about in this episode is that, or you will realize in this episode from what I'm talking about, is that streetwear is kind of a topic where It's lopsided, it can be left, it can be completely right. There's no really in the middle. So going back to sustainable production practices, streetwear companies kind of follow this, but kind of don't because their work is kind of all over the place and very secretive at times because of the rarity. A common phrase tossed around is like where you invest your money Is a vote for what kind of future you want and a lot of these streetwear brands have dedicated bases and platforms that they can push out to without wasting their money on other resources from what we see as a consumer view outside to in they're investing their money into simple product distribution methods and building hype around their product as i said before It's kind of how like back in the day, people used to use old war strategies and new weapons in order to win their battles and win the war in general. So you can kind of use that connection. So now that we got all of that out of the way and kind of how streetwear's kind of marketing aspect kind of works, it sets us up for the question, what is streetwear? While streetwear is casual clothing and often fashionable clothing that is worn for the most part by the youth part of society, you usually see the youth primarily wearing streetwear. Kind of some millennials, some millennials have often tried to create their own streetwear brand, but it's not really the older generation. When I talk about streetwear in this episode, I'm mainly addressing the cream of the crop types of streetwear. Sure, streetwear can be basic brands such as Adidas and Nike because it's technically worn on the street if you want to be really technical. But those brands are affordable and more accessible to the public rather than what I'm going to talk about right now and what I'm going to mention. These cream of the crop streetwear brands are Vape, Supreme, Palace, Off-White, Adidas, Yeezy, Stussy, Champion, Undefeated, Antisocial Social Social Club, and Billionaire Billionaire Boys Club, and these are the hype streetwear brands. They're often classified as the hype streetwear brands, but not in a lot of people's eyes. Um, to add on to that, surprisingly, Gucci and Louis Vuitton are also considered streetwear brands because of the collaborations they do with these brands, such as how I mentioned before, BAPE, Supreme, Off-White, and these kind of kind of uh, skater and surfer type vibes, uh, vibe clothing, which I'll get into later. Um, if you don't know any of these brands, it's fine. Uh, I'll do the task of enlightening you with some of the popular ones. But before I get into that, I'm going to start off with adults. Now, not a lot of adults uh, know about streetwear. And a lot of them kind of had misconstrued views on streetwear. Now, I'm not talking about adults that are specifically exactly the age, like right over 18. As I said, some millennials follow streetwear intensely. I'm talking about the people way over the age of 18. People often who are baby boomers or are kind of the older generation. Don't I don't want to be too offensive, but this episode is mainly based towards you guys and mainly towards all people who don't know about streetwear in general. Now you might be asking yourself, what do adults have to do with this? And isn't this episode about streetwear? Well, it is, but I just wanted to jump off with that and repeating myself, a lot of adults don't know and often have misconstrued views on streetwear because they often just look at them as a piece of clothing. They just look at them like how they're normal pieces, and they don't really have anything different to look about them because they look at Adidas and Nike and often brands like these, but they don't look at these kind of elite brands of what we're talking about, the cream of the crop streetwear. Streetwear is or are just normal pieces of clothing, but they have a quote-unquote twist if you're not one of those people who Necessarily Want to change their mind about streetwear and often had your kids talk about streetwear sometimes If you don't want to change your opinion after this podcast, it's it's fine. I, re- I really don't care if you do it's just it's just I'm here to tell you all of this information now if you're not one of those people uh it's okay if you if you don't think that these kind of had a these kinds of streetwear have their quote unquote twist because maybe you'll learn something at the end of this and maybe you'll change your opinion. But going back to adults, I'm not saying that in general all adults and baby boomers don't know anything about streetwear. I have seen some older individuals know their stuff when it comes to everything streetwear. But what I will tell you is that it makes up a very, very small percentage. There's a difference between regular clothing and these elite brands that people would be willing to rob a bank for, for example. Like, sure, some of these quote-unquote elite brands carry normal t-shirts and pants and just normal clothing in general, but they have their own unique spin on them, as a lot of uh, streetwear enthusiasts would often describe them as, and... These kind of unique spins is what makes them justifiable to their price tag in some people's eyes. Now, people want what other people don't have. If If you're listening to this podcast and haven't learned anything at the end, that is the only thing I would like you to take away from this, is that people want what other people don't have. People want the expensive, the fashionable... The, just the good looking, the good quality, the good feeling product overall, and if it's if it's good looking, if it if costs a lot of money, people want to keep it for themselves. They don't they don't really want to give it to other people unless they're in the reselling business, which we'll get into later. Arguably, our generation, with the addition of uh, some millennials, as I said before, know the most about streetwear. We know the resale prices, the value the quality, the colors, the smell, the look, and everything that has to do with the product and company overall. The people who invest their time into these elite clothing brands and wear them and enjoy talking and following them are called hype beasts. This sounds very cringe to some people who already know what this is, but it's true. Hype beasts are often people who just know a lot about streetwear and are streetwear enthusiasts and that would be the scientific term for hypebeast. Basically a streetwear enthusiast. In short, I'm going to tell you kind of a short summary of the three major streetwear brands I talked about. Uh, Basically out of Bape, Supreme, Palace, Off-White, Adidas, Yeezy, Stussy, Champion, Undefeated, etc. I'm going to talk about Bape, Supreme, and Off-White. So starting off with number one, Bape. Bape, the name is the combination of the two words bathing and ape. It is a Japanese streetwear brand that was founded in 1993. The brand offers a kind of camo type print and indeed that is most of their clothing. Most of their clothing has a camo type vibe and doesn't really expand upon anything else besides that. Some of their pieces have a shark-type animal on the back. It's usually a pair of eyes with a kind of frowny face, shark, uh, would you say, kind of a shark frowny face, and it's it's the shark's face, and that's their own kind of twist on their clothing. That's BAPE's own quote-unquote twist, as I said before, on their own individual pieces, BAPE's lead designer, Tomoaki Nagao, I'm not sure if that, I'm pronouncing that right, but his net worth is around $40 million, and he sold BAPE for $2.8 million to IT Limited, according to High Snobiety. A lot of his money was made off this clothing line, specifically, that kind of offers a refreshing style. Now, a lot of people have different tastes when it comes to streetwear, and often people choose different pathways when looking and shopping streetwear because they want to look at something that's different, something that's expensive, something that's uh, better quality, you know, there's, there's multiple roads and I think that kind of relates to people who just want to buy any clothing product in general is that they go down multiple roads, they, they sometimes look at the price, sometimes they look at the quality and it could be, it could be anything, Some maybe basic, basic clothes that you buy at Target for example. The second brand I would like to talk about is Supreme. Now, Supreme basically sells uh, shirts, flannels, and practically any piece of clothing, but it has a twist. Its own twist is that it has a box logo with a slanted font inside that box saying Supreme. And that, that Supreme font in white is surrounded by usually a red kind of box, and a lot of people pay a lot of money just because this kind of box logo is dispersed everywhere. Now when when I'm talking about box logo, I want you to remember it's just a slanted font inside of a a box. It's very very minimalistic. And as a marketing strategy, Supreme slaps their box logo practically anywhere. They they disperse their their brand on a on a bunch of products, uh, products that people use daily, in fact. Supreme spreads their box logo on things like boxing gloves, shovels, axes, bricks, and even pretty much any object you can find, including a toothbrush. Definitely um, the most popular in the group. Supreme reigns in cash constantly, and their revenue is constant. They basically built themselves to be a legit, legitimate $1 billion brand from selling everything Supreme. Right now, it's safe to say that Supreme is the king of streetwear. Uh, King or queen, whatever you want to call it. But mind you, these earnings aren't too big compared to other fashion brands. But with these streetwear brands rising up, it's considered a lot of money because of their minimalistic design, which leads me into my next brand, Off-White, but, but before I get into that, when I talk about how these streetwear brands or prices aren't as too big or aren't as big compared to other fashion brands is what I talk about when, um, say, Michael Michael Kors or Gucci or Louis Vuitton, all of these brands clearly surpass streetwear by a lot. And it's, it's most likely because these brands were built way before streetwear. And people often think that streetwear was kind of branded and built around this era, around you know the new 21st century, if you will. But it's really uh, not true at all because a lot of these brands were kind of or not kind of but exactly built and branded around um around the late uh 1900s um it sounds really old when i say that late 1900s meaning late 90s is basically built um late 90s and early 2000s is when it when it really kind of like surged among a small group of people which i'll get into later the californian surf and um skate culture but uh talking about off white now off-White basically sells any piece of clothing, from shirts to flannels to boots to you name it. It's not as widely dispersed on a range of products as Supreme, like how Supreme puts it on boxing gloves, boxing bags, um, yeah, punching bags, um, toothbrushes, etc. But they kind of consider themselves as a more of a designer brand. Now, Off-White takes their brand very seriously. And I'm not saying that other streetwear brands don't, but Off-White takes their stuff very, very, very seriously because they kind of focus themselves on highly fashionable wear. Their signature shapes or whatever they, they put on their clothing to make it different are quotations and stripes. What I'm talking about when I say quotations is that if someone were to buy heels, for example, from Off-White, on the heels, there would say "quote unquote" for walking in all capital letters. This might seem very obvious, but this is the lead designer Virgil Abloh's way of saying, "Hey, this is my spin on my company. On like, I'm basically designing this. I want to create something new." Uh, they are. Uh, they have often um gone to such extreme lengths that they actually created a product. They actually created a rug. Um basically saying uh for walking on in in quotation marks in all caps and um say say if they were to do a punching bag I'm not saying they 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 will or will not I'm just saying say if they did but it's probably they won't because you know it's highly fashionable where wear that they're focusing on in the fashionable brand. But say if they were to do a punching bag, it would say in quotation marks for hitting, like, it's as simple as that, you know, and this kind of, uh, spice, if you will, is added on to the basic apparatus of, of basically everyday things you use, uh, but not as everyday as Supreme, such as, um, such as shoes when we're talking about Off-White. Now, uh, Virgil Abloh, as I said, who is the lead designer of Off-White, His net worth is approximately 4 million, which is dramatically lower than a bunch of other streetwear brands, but it is because Off White is actually relatively new compared to these other streetwear brands. Now I'm not saying that it's like directly new, new, but I haven't access exactly researched into when it was created, but it only goes up. Virgil Abloh basically got his fame from um Kanye West who is a famous rapper as many people know and a lot of his, Virgil Abloh's pieces of his clothing go from $500 upwards. They go up all the way up to $2000 as we'll talk about and go into price more and more with Supreme and Bape, etc. Now, I know all of this information I talked about so far seems obvious to people who already know about streetwear, but I'll get into more right now in case you want to, you know, learn new things and in case you didn't already learn something from the beginning in their streetwear marketing strategies. So before I get too ahead of myself, the place where the real streetwear is at are major cities such as New York and Los Angeles. A lot of the places such as New York and Los Angeles and often Japan, these places often are kind of the capitals of streetwear. Many times you'll see people walking down the street with Off-White handbags or Supreme short sleeve box logo t-shirts. And it's it's very common because these are very popular cities with a very high population which it means that these streetwear brands can get their word out on their design you know um what i'm gonna say is that they do have particular pop-up shops these brands such as Bape supreme off white palace they have pop-up shops basically spread around through the country and mainly in these major cities so that they can focus on low supply but high demand usually in these pop-up uh shops um, they basically take ten to fifteen pieces of a specific desired amount of clothing. They put it on a hanger. They put it in these small pop up shops. It's a very small supply, and there's so much hype built around the product that is a very it's a very high demand for the product. It's gonna go like that uh, immediately if someone mentions it, even a small bit. But the real real place where streetwear originated where it was Californian surf and skate culture. Uh, skaters and surfers alike wanted to create their own fashionable spin on their own sport, and a lot of skaters wore palace and vans um For example, Palace being Palace Skateboards and Vans being a very popular brand that basically everybody knows. They basically wanted to offer a colorful and also bland type vibe to fit their sports style. They wanted to revolve these kinds of brands around their sports and no one else. I'm not saying that they excluded certain people out of of what they were wearing, but it was mainly focused towards them. Now, there isn't any complaint, I'm not complaining, towards people overall just wearing normal streetwear brands such as Supreme and Off-White because they're not like, you know, designers or they're not skaters. I have no hate towards that. I mean, people can wear what they want to wear, but I will tell you is that these goods don't come cheap. They don't come cheap at all. They're often very, very, very expensive, and I'm going to get into prices right now. So a lot of times these streetwear brands collaborate with other streetwear brands in order to make a very quote unquote high quality product in which consumers can enjoy. And let's take a collaboration for example. Let's take a collaboration between Supreme and Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton being the very classy brand that it is and Supreme being the very embodiment of a skater hype beast streetwear brand. Now, usually these brands aren't supposed to kind of collaborate with each other because they're they're total opposite uh, opposites, but opposites attract, you know. And going back to the price, uh according to GQ, the Supreme times Louis Vuitton box logo t-shirt, meaning that the Louis Vuitton um, monogram uh, of, you know, the the L and the V basically was put all over in that small little box right behind the Supreme slanted font and was basically their version of the the Supreme Louis Vuitton box logo t-shirt. And since Louis Vuitton collaborated with Supreme in addition... The shirt went for $485 on pop-up stores. $485. I'll tell you that literally no one wants to pay that much. But I will tell you who wants to pay for that much. Hype beasts. People who know a lot about the product. People who want to have a closet full of Supreme. People who want to have a closet full of streetwear and wear it around. Those are the kind of people that are spending money on these t shirts now you might be thinking, "Wow, that's a lot of money for a t shirt and it is a lot of money for a t shirt I'm not gonna deny it's not you're right, but what I can tell you is that this is a very normal price in the streetwear business. A lot of people would consider four hundred eighty five dollars uh pocket change, you know uh, and a lot of people uh listening to this podcast, maybe who are a little older." I want you to know that these, these values are kind of a mediocre, if not mid, low to mid range in the streetwear business, uh, not in Supreme, but, um, in other streetwear brands, it's a, it's a very common price. You can find often a windbreaker uh, jacket by Palace Skateboards for around $400 or a sweater uh, around $400, uh part of that specific line and sometimes normal t-shirts that are meant to be sold by supreme individually are $40 to $200 but they're often resold because of their value from $1,000 to $1,200 because these prices often skyrocket by the day it's kind of like the stock market for example uh if you were to buy a specific share you don't know if that that specific company that you're buying the share from is going to collapse the next day or it's going to do extremely good. This basically, it's kind of like that. Supreme and their prices with this specific t-shirt, this box logo t-shirt, ranging from 40 to $200, skyrocket to 1000 to $1,200 because there's such a high demand for them and people are constantly bidding. So now what I'm going to talk about or what I'm not gonna talk about, let's say, are shoes. Shoes are a very, very kind of large but small chunk of streetwear. Uh, if we were to talk about shoes, we would be here all day. But uh, I will tell you a good source um for for shoe or for talking one specific brand about streetwear, and that is Supreme. I'll tell you a very good resource is Hassan Minaj's Patriot Act on Netflix, uh, that is a very, very good show, if you want to hear about the specific brand, about Supreme, um, not about uh, what I'm talking about as as the all of streetwear in general, but that's a very, very good show, I recommend it, but moving forward, uh, there are a bunch of retail and resale websites and apps that revolve around the streetwear market, such as uh, Goat, Capital, G-O-A-T, all caps, and uh, StockX. Uh, Some of these prices on there are extremely wild. And um, I'm going to give you kind of like a small summary of each of them. So GOAT only sells shoes. They only sell shoes. And you can contact the buyer who is often selling the shoe on GOAT. You can ask for a specific price. You can negotiate Oftentimes, all of uh, hype beast or oftentimes all of streetwear's popular shoes are on Goat. You can basically find it on there if you search it up. It's it's not it's not uncommon to find a a non streetwear type shoe. You know, uh, basically all shoes are on there because old kind of styles are making a making a comeback in fashion right now. So GO primarily sells uh shoes uh basically online. Basically people go online specifically and they don't, you know, they're I'm not sure. I don't think there's a shop. I'm pretty sure it's only online. But moving on to StockX. StockX is mainly wide more widely dispersed and meaning that they cover clothing and shoes. Um on StockX you can you can bid and um oh on GOAT you can also bid, but StockX people take it often more seriously because it involves clothing and people love clothing. So um people will often bid um for hours and hours and hours and often days and days and days there's often people who are often waiting outside pop-up shops of specific streetwear stores while they're on their phone actually bidding on a stockx market on streetwear so they're basically getting a two for one you know people are really religious about this and it's kind of a a uh, a addiction if you will people are really addicted to this and they just can't stop buying they can't stop having that 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 kind of crave for for the look the fashion the price etc um I hopped on stockx in preparation for this episode uh just to look at some of the like the whack deals going on. Um, that they have going on specifically. And man, oh man, I got some goodies for you guys today. So I'm going to list some items off. Um, As I scrolled down the main page of the website, I found a teddy bear with a Supreme hoodie that was $265. Usually, someone who is following streetwear intensely would want to have figures like this, such as a teddy bear. But what I can tell you is that People who often follow streetwear not intensely will often just get the clothing, but they won't get a teddy bear with a supreme hoodie that's $265. $265 can get you a lot of places, and it seems like a lot of people would rather be spending their time spending $265 on teddy bears with supreme hoodies rather than a, a nice meal on a nice... Um, a nice night out with your significant other but moving on as I scrolled more down I found supreme tennis balls for $32 now you might be thinking okay okay not bad or bad I don't know the specific price of tennis balls but what I'm gonna tell you right now is that these prices are very misleading very very misleading and if you are to buy a streetwear kind of product or anything a product based around streetwear I heavily 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 suggest if you are not experienced to have someone who is experienced in streetwear sit right next to you or be on a call with you when you're consulting this and if you want to buy buy something uh, streetwear kind of kind of sir, uh, of revolved around streetwear because you don't know if you can accidentally fall into a trap of basically losing $2,000 of your money on a t-shirt or a jacket that should have been or should have costed at least $400 or $40 uh, if it was, was a Supreme box logo t-shirt. And um, this $32 Supreme tennis ball paired with Wilson, uh, who is the the tennis kind of brand the this $32 or these $32 tennis balls might become $320 overnight because there's that one person who is sweating really hard and is often on their commute computer like clicking like furiously like click 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 and often saying like to themselves okay I'm gonna bid this next two hundred dollars plus three hundred dollars plus four hundred dollars plus a thousand to a thousand dollars plus and they won't stop until they get that product and if they don't get that product people will often be very very mad and people will often make threats to people make make very dangerous threats to people as though like why didn't you give me that product why didn't you make a lower bid? And it's often kind of a game, if you will, in in some people's eyes, and and not a lot of people's eyes, and kind of relates to gambling, and a lot of people are addicted to it. So um, I know I've talked about a lot of Supreme in this episode, but going to Off-White and Bape, those prices are often as worse as Supreme, if not more, than... Off-White's prices of shirts, which Off-White's prices of shirts are ranging from $200 to $500 a piece, Uh, going back to Supreme, which is $400 to $100 a piece for a box logo, if if it were to be sold directly from the Supreme company, but Off-White goes the other hand, and since they're so designer, it's $200 to $500 across all platforms, specifically on Their website, you know, uh, Off-White's website and often other websites, including resellers. Now, I saw Off-White baby shoes for $121 and a Bape action figure, Bathing Ape action figure for $1,000. Now, these action figures aren't really meant to be played with be played with like how many people think they are meant to be used they are just action figures you keep them on your desk on a shelf you know for valuable purposes because you you spent a lot of money on them now from everything I have covered my goal was to give you guys an accurate view on streetwear because not a lot of people entirely understand what streetwear is or why it is so popular you know I hope you guys got a nice understanding of what streetwear is. And if I missed anything, make sure to let me know. And also, this podcast is about everything. I know it seems kind of like an abrupt ending right now, but there's just so many prices that are involved in this. Uh I've mentioned before, thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars go into this business. Reselling business is often a good business to get into. It's not a good business to get scammed out of. It's a good business to be involved in if you want to make tons and tons of money. But on the other hand, it's it's not looking so hot right now. What I can tell you sh- is streetwear, specifically smaller brands of streetwear, not what I was what I'm going to talk about or what I was going to talk about with uh Supreme, Off-White, etc but often smaller, minimalistic streetwear brands are scattered across California, New York, and all across the country where large populations are often surging. And they do this because they want to get, they want to do at least what these big, kind of streetwear brands are doing, what these smaller streetwear brands, what they want to do at least, is that, sorry for repeating myself, a small demand or small supply for a very big demand because of the hype built around. So, anything you guys want me to talk about, make sure to comment or suggest a topic for my next episode. Uh, I try to research as much, much as possible on topics just so I learn something as well and provide you guys with the best information. Uh if you Want to reach me in any way, my Instagram is c h a u A-C-H-A-U-D-H-A-R-I underscore. Uh, you can contact me on there if you want to suggest a topic or just want to follow me on there and just, just see my pictures even though my account really isn't that interesting. I basically only post on holidays, so uh, disclaimer. But uh, if you want to recommend a product to or not a product but a specific topic you want me to talk about it could be anything in the current era going on uh not politics i don't i don't want to get into that just don't send me politics uh politics um you know topics um but basically um if you want to let me know make sure to let me know uh, i worked really really hard on this episode i i personally really Went through a lot of mental stress in this episode because I wanted to provide you guys with the best information. I researched and researched and researched. I uh, took some information from what I knew. I asked a lot of people. I conducted small interviews. I looked online at reliable websites, um, including GQ and High snobody. Um So I'm going to say that I, I did give credit to them, but... I put a lot of hard work into this and you know, it's it's for people who want to be interested in these kind of topics when they haven't heard these topics before. And I spent time finding information to give you guys. So I wanted to make this first episode a memorable one. I wanted to make it filled with information so that you guys walk away not saying that, oh, I learned something today. I, I want you guys walking away saying oh, I learned a lot today because I want you to absorb all this information and if you can, it's fine, you know. It's not meant for everybody. It's it's just an interesting topic that a lot of people find interesting, which I'm happy about, um, talking about this first episode, is that a lot of people find this topic interesting. It's been covered on multiple news articles and a lot of people in schools and a lot of people kind of place orders in school at work when a, suple- a supreme line or an off-white line drops they immediately hop in their phone kind of scan their um or type in their credit card numbers and they immediately they want to buy these products so it's it's kind of it's an epidemic if you will and I just wanted to say that um, I just wanted to make this a memorable episode um I wish you all a great 2019 uh we're, we're a couple days in I hope you guys are keeping up with your New Year's resolutions. But if you aren't, it's fine. Because that's what 90% of the population does anyway. They don't really follow up with New Year's resolutions. Um, I know. It happens. So, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Really, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. If you really got through the end, kudos to you, my friend. Thanks for listening. Peace out.